Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Thank you for listening to In That Number. I am your host, Ray Hunt. You can find me on Twitter at RayHunt84. My co-host, Kevin Milverton, at Moscow Mush. You can follow the show at Number Podcast. Subscribe, rate, review. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and if you would like to drop us a line, send us an email to InThatNumberPodcast at gmail.com. On with the show. Yes, the Moscow Mush has returned from his holidays and is back in Moscow. But joining us this week is the returning guest, Mark Griffiths, coming on from Boston, Massachusetts, to discuss yesterday's game against Manchester United. And, you know, we can look back at Tuesday's trip to Fulham in the Carabao Cup. Later, we have host of Bladespod, Ben Meakin, with us to discuss the trip to Sheffield United straight after the international break. We've got the usual news, including the bombshell that broke midweek, the Matt Matiz quiz, sorry, the Matt quiz, uh, with Super 6 Fantasy Football to sift through, plus, wait for it, we have the first player and goal of the month to award of the season. And if that wasn't enough, we've got our Musa Genepo fan songs in the Extra Time segment, so make sure you stick around for that. But first, my co-host, the one and only Moscow Mush, Kevin Milverton, who is back. Alright, Kev, you big minge. Alright, you sweaty cock <laughs> 
Thank you. Um, glad to be home. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's been an epic journey, but uh, yeah, it's good to, be, good to be back, just sort of adapting to my surroundings again. Got the pro- slightly more professional sounding microphone. Yep, and we're not in a pub this week, so you can't hear not in a pub. swearing in the background, so yeah. No, no, st- still, despite that, still pissed. You're, you're pissed? <laughs> not yet. Okay, okay. Um, right, Mark, we're going to bring him in now. How are you, Mark? I am not bad, how are you? I'm all right. Um, yeah, doing doing well. Um, thank you for coming on again. This is your fourth appearance. Fourth time already. Fourth yeah. Time, yeah. And you know, it's it's really really early in in America. And it's Labor Day. It's Labor Day. It's Labor Day tomorrow. So I'll be sat in my garden waving my red flag, singing Jeremy Corbyn songs. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then on the following day, probably the first layout. Oh, nice. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's a national holiday, and you, you you know the first thing that you're doing is chat and shit with us so pretty much yep yeah. it's that or tolerating the life so <laughs> how is how is life in the state <laughs> it's good it's good it's getting towards well September now so the leaves will be going round soon but yeah it's it's all good yeah nice this is ITN in that number news. Right, ITN news. A um, few bits of news to go through, but we'll start off with the uh, the, the minor ones, as it were. Uh, James Ward-Prowse misses the England squad. Uh, a bit, bit upset about that one or not bothered? It's kind of to be expected nowadays, isn't it? Um, I mean, OK, your Redmond's injured. Um, James Ward-Prowse probably the only candidate to get into the England squad. Um, yeah, disappointed, but it's, it's, it's happened before, hasn't it? But look at some of the players who've got in uh, ahead of him. Um, we've got James Madison, OK, fair play. Mason Mount, Tyrone Mings, uh, Aaron Wambasaka. I can understand them. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. Uh, it's, it's annoying, but... It is what it is, yeah. I, I think you'll get another chance at some point. Yeah, well, I think it's, there's the added bonus of that. At least he won't get injured. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. So I think true. he'll be brought on for what, 10, 15 minutes at max, as Saints players usually are for England. And then if he picks up a knock, then we'll, he'll be out for a couple of weeks. So at least he yeah. won't pick up a knock of England. That is true. Yeah, look on the bright side. Exactly. But yeah, you'd have the chance to play at St Mary's in England shirt, which would have been quite nice. Ah, true. I, forgot, I actually forgot the game was at St Mary's. Yeah. So yeah, we've got some uh, injuries in the squad now. Um, Redmond's ankle injury looks um, a little more serious than it did um, last week. So yeah, he'll be out for two or three weeks with that. Um, and now we've got Obafemi with a hamstring problem. Gineppo uh, with a muscle problem. I think the Gineppo one's only going to be a week, so and with the international break, he'll be he'll be you know ready to go. I'm not sure about Obafemi though. Yeah, I mean, um, it did, did say it looked like a hamstring injury, injury, but apparently it was just um, just just a cramp. Oh, was that right? Oh, okay. Well, that's <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah oh, for that, that long since he played a full competitive match, so he didn't. Couldn't tell the difference, but um, yeah, I imagine he'll be back in, in quite soon. Um, okay. Bertrand's apparently back in training. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't feature against United, but I'm guessing, like, yeah, after the international break, he should be well fit enough for the Sheffield United game. 
And we've also got, sorry, yeah, Cedric. Um, don't know, I haven't heard any news about him, but um, he did limp off towards the end of that um, that game yesterday. So, yeah, we've got ourselves an injury problem right at the beginning of the season. I'll get him out of the way now. Yeah. <laughs> Go around and break all their legs. <laughs> um, another bit of news I want to touch on is Elianusi has joined Celtic. Uh, he's followed Forster to Celtic on a season-long loan. That's a good one. That's a, you know, he, he needs first-team football. Hopefully he's going to get it there. And, yeah, that's just exactly what he needs. Yeah, I think it'll be good for him yeah. to get some first-team football. Yep. Hopefully it will shine. But, I don't know, you kind of hoped that we, at least one of these players that um, are left on our books we could sell rather than... Um, Put out on the on the loan again. We've got twelve players on the loan now. Because nobody wants to pay for them. Silly money. Uh, yep, yeah, that's our last news item. Um, I love how the the Daily Echo headline went for this. It says that Saints face big loss as Carrillo rejoins Leganes. So yeah, are we feeling that that's a big loss? <laughs> unless he, unless he's put on a lot of weight, no. <laughs> I um I saw the I saw you tweeted it on our um on our Twitter, Kevin. I heard the respo- Have you seen the re- the response that somebody had put? So you put Daily Echo has kept a good sense of humour. Um, massive loss to the team this one, and we had a reply from Chris Williams that said, "Yeah, big loss. Carrillo was the only one who did the washing up at Staplewood." So yeah, I'm not I'm not bothered about that. He can um he can go and hopefully never come back. I'm not bothered about about him at all, to be honest. Only a season long loan though, so we've still got the same problem uh next time round and he's gonna be worth a lot less now with just one year left on his contract. Yeah. Eighty million quid. I mean God, yeah, it's, that's, it's, it's those kind of um, decisions that have re- really cost us long term. Yeah, yeah, of course it has. But, I mean, at least it's, it's a problem that we don't have to discuss again for the rest of the season. You know, it's another year to put it off and then concentrate on the players that do want to be here and, and that aren't going to, you know, perform. Yeah, I suppose that's one positive, isn't it? Right, the, the, the last bit of news, <laughs> I'm sure everyone's heard it, and, you know, if you been living in a cave then you wouldn't have done but that third round draw in the Carabao Cup as us against Cave and Pompey yeah <laughs> uh, against Pompey um, how are you taking the news to this uh, Mark I am beyond excited yeah it, it's a yeah it's a strange one it's our first derby in what in seven years yeah 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 obviously not a lot has happened in the last seven years for me I've only lived in what four countries and got <laughs> married but apart from that Nothing's happened. Yeah, it was um, the first meeting since April 2012, and that was the 2-2. Uh, but the last time we actually beat him at Fratton Park was back in 2005. And that was 2-1. It was, yeah. Up, so. And yeah, one thing we can say from this is we, we, we have to take this one seriously. And I really, really hope we can give him a good... Yeah. Just, just want to win. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, but for me, right, I just think it's a no-win situation. I just... It's all on us. Pompey have nothing to lose and they've got everything to gain from it. And, we, you know, we're, we're the Premier League side. We're supposed to go up and win. Um, and if we don't turn up, they will not shut up about it for years. Uh, I just, we need to need to beat them. It, it has to happen. And that's what I'm worried about. So when the draw happened, I was really, really excited. I was up 
I actually jumped out of my seat thinking, yeah, this is it. Um, but then it kind of like sunk in a bit, and I thought, Christ, if we imagine if we lose to this, yeah, yeah. I mean, no matter how much Hassan Hooper plays it down and says, we just got to think about the next game. I mean, he's got to know how important it is to the fans and and to the players too. Um, he says it as yeah. If we do get a big win against them, I mean, Christ would forgive him anything. He'd just go down as, as an absolute legend. And all the players, yeah, anyone who scores, yeah, <laughs> they're yeah. going to have a, a page in, in history. Folklore, yeah. Um, Kev, is that right that you're actually back for that game? Did we have this discussion yesterday, didn't we? we I thinking? am, yeah. I don't know how it escaped my memory, but I will, we will be back. Um, I'm back for Simon's wedding, so, yeah, I'll be there for um, the... the uh, that, that match against Pompey, so you definitely have to find a good place to watch it. Um, you can watch it with me. Where are you going to be? I have no idea. I'm still, I'm still trying to get tickets, um, but I, on, on the very, very unlikely occasion that I do get them, I'm going to go, obviously, so you can piss off. Um, but if I don't get them, then I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll go somewhere with you and watch the game in a pub somewhere. Um, All right. Just to get that atmosphere, and you know, it's going to be like the World Cup again, where everyone's cheering on the same team. It'll be good. So we have to do something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Has to be done. Like gold dust. Though. I don't know how to get hold of them. Sorry, what were yeah, you going to say, Mark? Kind of frustrated over this side of the Atlantic, as it's on at two in the afternoon, two in the afternoon, where it is on a Monday or a Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday. Yeah. So oh, you're going to be at work. I'm going to be at work. So I might yeah. <laughs> yeah, I might I might come down with the flu. I hope um, your, your employees are not your employers are not, not listening. I don't know. <laughs> I think I've got a day or so holiday to use up, so use I might it, use, it, use it, use it, use it, yeah. Use it quite yep. <laughs> Hi, I'm Matt Letitier, and thank you for listening to In That Number. Okay, so into the Fulham game. So Carabao Cup second round was on Tuesday the 27th at Craven Cottage. So he won 1-0, a goal from Michael Eberfemi in the 57th minute. Starting 11. Alex McCarthy, Cedric, Bednarik, Danso, Hoiberg, Ward-Prowse, Romeu, Buffal, Jenepo, Redmond. Um, it was looking like a 4-2-2-2 again, and Hoiberg was playing left-back. So yeah, that was, I guess that was the only yeah, surprise in that, yeah. Um, and the bench was Gunn, Yoshida, Stevens, Long, Ings, Armstrong, Valerie. So how did you... See, I mean, did you watch much of this game, Mark? No, they don't really show the League Cup games over here, plus... They don't really, they don't really show them over here, either. <laughs> no. Plus it was at, what, 2, 2.30 in the afternoon during a work day, so I managed to sort of keep up with the game, but didn't actually manage to watch it. Okay, did you manage to get um, any highlights or anything for this one? No, there's... there's there wasn't any live coverage anywhere in the world as far as I, I, I know, so it was just literally watching highlights and mm. listening to Stolen, so... That was it, OK. So, we, we, I mean, we just breeze through this game quickly because not a lot of us have... I mean, none of us have seen the whole game. So, it looked like Fulham started better from what I could see, and they had a free kick, they hit the post. Danzo picked up, a, it's now a customer, yellow card. Yes, <laughs> um, <laughs> then you remain. Yeah. Um, Romeo had a chance early on if I remember that was a golden opportunity I don't, I don't quite know how he how he missed that one he was like pretty much on the penalty spot should have given him the lead but okay it was a good save so what, what it was Hoiberg lifts the ball over the Fulham defence and it goes to Redmond on the left uh, and Redmond's doing what he does he runs down the wing he's, he's, he takes his time and he's waiting 
picks out a pass, and Oberfemi's got the simple tap in. It's just um, the tap in, yeah. yeah. So the second second goal. So yeah, that was that was pretty much it. Um, and Redmond, I say we all know Redmond went down injured in this game. I think it just—I mean—he he took a shot and kind of like landed awkwardly on his on his right foot, and then you know he couldn't put any weight on it. He had a boot on after the game, as we all know. Um, so yeah, that was it, and that was his ankle. That it was was it three? We're saying two to three, maybe four weeks out because of it. Yeah, um, I don't know. I hope it. I hope it. Um, it's not something that crops up again long term. No, hopefully not. Well, yeah, it wasn't, um, just basically if I'm looking at the story of the game, it looked like there was a lot of high pressure. They were creating more chances towards the end of the game and they just didn't take them. I think Ings had a hat full of chances, again didn't take them, but he was doing what he does, you know, pressing, dropping deep, but just wasting some chances. Um, do you have a man of the match for this game, Kevin? Um, I, I would say Obafemi for this one. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, it's, we've seen him um, going in and out of the squad. It's not as if he's been sort of injured, but uh, it was just in terms of his fitness and maybe his, um, his uh, yeah, where he's mentally. But um, it does look like he's back, and this was a brilliant opportunity for him to show himself. And he, he looked very strong. Yeah, and then he's uninjured. <laughs> oh yeah, with but, cramp. Um, <laughs> with cramp, yeah. Uh, but no, I, yeah, I hope that he, he gets over that cramp. <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, International yeah, breaks no. come at the right time for him, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know if he's... Is he in that island squad? Uh, I don't know, to be honest. Not sure. Uh, but, yeah, so... And link, linked up well, Redmond. Um, yeah, I, th- I, thought, I thought he had a great game. I thought um, Hoiberg played well out of position. Mm. Set up uh, Redmond, for, which led to the goal. Yeah, right. Hoiberg has left. Hoiberg. Hoy <laughs> You've got the first time you called him I should make a brand out of it. Um, yeah, no, Hoiberg has left back. Um, do, do you think that worked? I think. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I, I, I've got him down as, as a good performer in that game. I thought he did it from what I saw. And again, I, I, don't, I haven't seen a lot, a lot of the game to really to see what he if he did anything wrong. Um, yeah, but, but I, I think well, I, I mean, that can do. That would have been an option in the United game as well. He did um, actually shift over there for a bit. But that's they, right, but then they after thought, Dan um, gets sent off. Yeah, but then they put Yoshida on, and Yoshida went left, and he went back into his usual central uh, bit. But back to the man of the match in, in Fulham. I, I, for me, I'm going to have to go Romeo. I just think he was closing down well again. I mean, he's doing everything that a central midfielder should be doing right at the moment. You no, know, box, box to box. He's hard on a tackle, as you all know. And he should have had that goal. But yeah, I just think he's he's so important to us at the moment. So I've give, I've given it to Romeo. Yeah, solid week in week out. Um, right, okay, we're going to go into the game that I'm guessing we all did see, the um, Manchester United game from yesterday. Oh yes, oh yes. Okay, so it was one-one. Daniel James opened the scoring on ten minutes, and Yannick Vestergaard scored his first goal for the club on fifty-eight minutes. Um, starting eleven: Gunn, Cedric, Bednarik, Vestergaard, Danso. Romeu, Hoiberg, Ward-Prowse, Buffal, Adams and Ings. Bench of McCarthy, Yoshida, Stevens, Long, Armstrong, Unlundalu and Valerie. Right, Mark, do you want to get us started on this game? Yeah, I think obviously it was a good point for us. I think we started a slightly stronger team until they scored. Mm-hmm. And then 
Yeah, it's a good goal from the United player, James, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, a really good goal from them. And you then they call him David James. James. David James. Well, yeah. <laughs> I wish they had him in goal, wasn't it? We just got at least three then, wouldn't we? <laughs> so, um, no, yeah, like, I agree yeah. with you, Mark. I think Saints started the better, um, the high pressure again, and United just didn't look like they could get going. And until, like you said, until that goal, Daniel James cuts inside down the left flank and you know just bangs a rocket in the top right corner. There's nothing you can do about it. It's pretty much unstoppable. Okay, if you're being ultra critical, you could say that Cedric and Bednarik backed off him a little bit, but you know, yeah. again, if you're going to take a shot like that, good luck to you. Uh, Cedric did look like he turned. His, he had his back to the ball and he looked, 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 looked like he was walking away from it instead of pouncing at him. Like he should have done, it just hmm. you know folded in front of him. So that I wasn't impressed with that at all. Yeah, okay. Uh, you can you can be a little bit critical of that, but again, the, sh- the shot. It, yeah, it, it was. Yeah, it, it's one know. of those we wouldn't have noticed him backing off if it gone into row Z. Mm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It went right top corner. So. Well, just you know that little bit of extra pressure that could have you know made him shake or make a little mistake that um, would have put him off you know that, that, that's all, all you're looking for yeah I, I would this is what bugs me about the Saints defenders I mean, it, I mean it happens just all around the league not just the Saints but when you've got a player that's as good and, and as quick as Daniel James is why don't you just close him down as long as you've got cover I mean we saw it in the last 10 minutes of the game yesterday that United, uh, United just spread the ball out wide and Wan-Bissaka was putting some balls in Ashley Young was putting some balls in and there was no closing down so, yeah, we see it. We see it a lot. So I don't know. I don't know if you can just say it's just Cedric should have gone to the ball. It's an easy one to, you know, blame. Yeah, I'm not not blaming him for it, but I'm just saying he could have done more. Mm. I think um, after that goal, I think United settled a bit, and I thought, if I'm being completely honest, Kev, I thought United could have gone in at two or three up at, at half time. I was very satisfied that we managed to hold it at one 0 mm. at half time. But, you know, we still had hope, and you think, well, you know, <laughs> Hassan Hooten can do his magic and uh, we can come out after half time and turn it around. Yeah, I just didn't think that Saints looked like they were going to score at all. For at no. half time, I thought they'd look like they'd run out of ideas. The, you know, the, the press that they do at the start of the game sort of like run out after 10 minutes. They weren't, you know, tracking the ball. But then yeah. the second half starts, and it's, you know, the better starters again. Ten minutes or so into the second half, and they got the, you know, got the equaliser, and a deserving equaliser at that point. Yeah, I mean that that you got the feeling that that was coming, and we had yeah. so many chances before that that were just wasted as well. Mm. Adams yeah. and Innings, um, they they have an awful match if I'm being totally honest. Do you think so? Yeah, See, yeah I wasn't. Mark, how do you think? What do you think about Ings? He's he's obviously a good player, but. Yeah, he's missed quite a few chances this season, and outside of pre-season, uh, Adams hasn't scored yet, so... Well, I mean, Danny Ings, for me, I know he's going to get a lot of shit, and he will, and I can understand, but he does work so hard, Kev. He was dropping back so much, he was doing so much running in that second half. He does so much for the team that doesn't gonna, it's not going to show up on the stats. I think all he needs is a goal. But I agree, yeah. I think Shay Adams, I, he wasn't great today, uh, yesterday. Um, he, t- he doesn't look comfortable. He caused no problems at all, and he didn't seem to have the strength. He looks—he looks like a boy in a man's world at the moment. Just doesn't look comfortable, and I'm not convinced by him. 
It's but, not the same player we saw in pre-season at all. Absolutely not, but then he was playing against a load of, you know, I'm not going to say a load of shit, but he was playing against worse um, teams than, you know, the Premier League he's going to come up against. But at the same time, I don't, I don't want to panic because, you know, he's, we did say he's going to need some time. Yeah. Give him some time. And, you know, he needs a goal. Also, yeah, what well, Ings. I think once he gets that goal, his first Premier League goal, it will set them down. He might see two, three, four in a short space of time for him. But he, obviously, I'd rather that goal come sooner rather than later. But Absolutely, yeah. He just needs to... I think it might just be a confidence issue as well because he's coming to a bigger, bigger team, no disrespect yeah, to Birmingham, and he's coming up against much better t- um, players. He needs to feel like he belongs there and, and you know, just start yeah, getting a little bit more confidence. Yeah, yeah, I get that feeling. When it comes up to sort of our strikers, we need to actually strikers who start scoring. We like we've got a few work hard but don't score. Thingings, Long, maybe Adams. But very, like yeah, I agree. Someone who can put it in the back of the net. Very similar as well because they all like to drop back and try and make something happen in the middle. And there's not a target man up front because, as I say, um, Long. Um, Adams and Ings are all pretty similar in that way. They do like to come back and they, you know, trying to trying to make things happen. They're not, you know, there's no Pella or somebody like yeah. that that can just get the ball up top and just, you know, bang it in. But yeah, like that's the family. Is yeah. that our only choice? Not possibly, yeah, uh, at the moment. But yeah, he, if he's going to go down with cramp, then <laughs> we're in trouble for goals. But I thought the game then turns when. Kevin Dance they made that stupid tackle on Scott McTominay. Um, that was uh, the second yellow card. Was that 73 minutes? Is that right? Yeah. And yeah, we were in control for yeah. that, you know, 15 minutes or so between the goal and that, that red card. And then it was all about hanging on. So the last 10 minutes, it was horrible. Yeah, I mean, oh, so I could like, see it. I could see it mm. happening. And, you know, how many times have we seen, you know, last year especially, that those situations, they just, you know, they fuck it up. But yesterday was a huge step forward. And Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Angus Gunn deserves a huge pat on the back. Absolutely, yeah. Made a so good cool few reaction Thanks. saves. Yeah, very, yeah. very good. Um, and at that yeah. point, um, Vestergaard was excellent. Bednarik was excellent. Bring, you know, heading the ball out, blocking, intercepting, getting some tackles in. And as I said before, um, Yoshida had to move over to left back. Yeah, but he, he, he just did surprisingly well in that role, I he think. He was okay. Didn't look uncomfortable, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it was... Mark, do you think that was a fair result, 1-1? I think, yeah, I think it was a fair result. We don't think, we didn't deserve to lose, no. definitely, so... We played well enough not to lose, so... That um, point was fair. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And Kev, you were saying... Um, I just want to, before I talk about the positives, like the negatives, Cedric, I thought he was bad. Yes. Um, yeah, I wasn't inspired by his performance. No. Again. Um, again, yeah. It, shows, it does show why we've got Valerie, you know, keeping that, that right-back position ahead of them. Um, Hoiberg and Prousey weren't at their best. Um, I, I remember a couple okay. of occasions when Prousey wasted his, his deliveries on the right. I was sat right near the, the right-hand side of the pitch, and Prousey had the ball a couple of times, and he could have just whipped it in, but it didn't clear the first man. I don't, think, yeah, I don't think they were at their best. I know Hoiberg was all over the place, and he had to play right-back for a few minutes, but... Um, yeah. Well, not so you best. say that, but um, yeah, just, just from from the stats line, uh, Kirsty of Mark Walker on Twitter, um, forty-three completed passes, uh, fifteen attacking third passes, eleven ball recoveries, six interceptions, 
So best in the Saints for, for all of those statistics, Pierre-Emil Hoiberg. Wow, that does surprise me. So, yeah, he, he, well, it I wasn't mean, his worst performance by a The first nation. half, I thought he gave the ball away a little bit too much. Mm. But, I mean, he's just, you know, he's there right in the centre controlling everything. Uh, I, I think it's a great role for him. Romero as well, solid as ever. I, I think he's been our most consistent player um, so far this season. Absolutely. Uh, so a lot of very strong performances. Uh, Vestergaard, Bednarik, sure. just just brilliant. Uh, Danso, a bit of a mixed bag. Obviously, got sent off. Uh, but I mean, that that cross uh, for the goal there, that was that was just sweet. Yeah. yeah. And uh, James Ward Prowse. I mean, yeah. Okay. He's, uh, just a bit transparent. I didn't really see, see you know, much positive or negative from him. Um, Buffal, I thought, well, was electric at, at some points in the match. Just really exciting. I thought that if a goal was going to come, it was going to be Buffal that was going to create it. He did have that, uh, have that shot, didn't he? That just went right at the post. Yeah, and well, just and the, yeah, a couple of crosses into Ings and Adams who just managed to you know miss or misplace them and not get to them. So that was that was disappointing. I think we were just let down in that final third by by Ings and Adams. I'm not going to lay the blame at them, but uh, yeah, that's not where our strong point was. But Bufo, you talk about Bufo. I, I feel a little bit sorry for him because I put this pressure on him myself because you know we, we know that Gennaro's out, we know Redmond's out. Mm. I was I was really really looking at Buffal yesterday, thinking right, he needs to take this chance. This could be his last chance. He needs to make something happen. It's, it's all on it's all on him. Well, I don't think he was brilliant. I don't think he was bad, but but again, this is this is probably just me putting too much on him. Well, he's expecting too much. I wouldn't say he was brilliant. He's our only naturally wise player on on the pitch there, mm. uh, and I think he covered quite well. Um, James Ward-Prowse, yeah, we're just playing a bit too centrally. Buffo was probably the only player who really utilised a lot of the space along the wings. Well, I'm a fan of Armstrong. I like him. I think he's yeah, but he came in quite late, though, didn't he? Yeah, I think maybe he could, you know, he could get a start. But um, Mark, man of the match for you. Um, for me, I'd have to say, yeah, Vestergaard. Not just for his goal, but for his defensive work as well. So. Yeah, OK, that's, that's, not a, that's not an unpopular choice. Kev? I'm going to have to say the same. Yeah, he was an absolute fucking beast throughout the whole match. OK. Um, I think Vestergaard was brilliant. And I thought Bednarik was, was good too. Um, but for me, I'm going to go Romeo again. I thought he was excellent. And I think he's, yeah, like I said, in the, after the film game, he's just in, so important to us at the moment. And, yeah, I'm going to give it to Romeo. Okay. Just, I, just a bit yeah. I had Vestergaard and Romeo, but I'm going to be different and go, go Romeo. Okay. Yeah, I mean, he has been consistent, I'd say, but um, I'd say Yannick Vestergaard's performance stood out in this match, and for him as a player, I think it was his best performance so far. Oh, yeah. And he, and he gets his first goal. Yeah, excellent. Someone that tall, it was only a matter of time, wasn't it? Okay, Mark, are you ready to take on the Matt LaQuiz? I am ready. I have the feeling I'll get either all of them or none of them this time. <laughs> Actually, do you know what? You, you sent me a message at the end of last week and said that you got you um, scored seven. I think I would have got all of them last week, yeah. Wow, so the pressure it's is on you this week then. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. I'll either get all of them again or I'll get none of them. <laughs> okay, I think you'll be fine. Um, right, OK, question number one. Egil Ostenstadt was signed in 1996, but what was his first shirt number? Was it 30, 31 or 32? 
I, I'm going to guess that's 32. It was 30. Ooh. Okay, so, who was player of the year in the 2001-2002 season? Was it A, James Beattie, B, Kevin Davies, or C, Chris Marsden? Tough one. I will have to probably try and guess Beattie. I know he's one of those seasons around then he was on fire, seemingly, so it might have been that season. It was Chris Marsden, I'm afraid. Oh. Okay, last season. Dusan Tadic left for Ajax, but for how much? Well, it wasn't much. Well, comparatively, about 15, 16 million? It was 10 million. It was 11.4 million euros. Oh, I, obviously I was doing it in dollars. Does that count? <laughs> 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 well, I think you need to look at the exchange rate again then, Mark. Oh, yeah. Pounds <laughs> <laughs> worth fuck all these days. Pretty much, yeah. Um, okay, so, question number four. Uh, I'll name the teams, you name the player. Okay. Okay, so, Chesterfield, Saints, Blackburn, Saints again. Oh, um, yeah. Kevin Davis. Well yeah. Done. Well done. Yeah. Okay. Oh, can you finish it off then? Where did you go after Southampton? Chesterfield Saints, Blackburn Saints. Blackburn Saints. I don't actually know where he went after that. He went to good. No, he went back to Blackburn. No, he didn't. He went One to... of the Sheffield clubs, maybe? No, he went to Bolton. Bolton. Okay. Oh, he went to Millwall on loan, I think, for a bit. And then yeah. Preston, I think, he ended. Okay. But yeah, you still get your point. Don't worry, you've got your point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that was very good, very quick. Okay, who am I? For three points. Born in 1963, joined Manchester United after leaving school in the summer of 1980. So joined United age around 17. No, I think I'll need the next one. OK. All right. So, he had spells at Bayern Munich and Barcelona before rejoining Manchester United and eventually signed for Southampton in 1998. His playing career ended in 2002 with Blackburn. Oh, um, was it Mark Hughes? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, I was going to say, you're going to go for it. <laughs> yeah. Very good. Yeah, Mark Hughes. So the last three was, went into management upon retiring, becoming Wales manager in 1999. His manager, managerial career went on to Blackburn, Man City, Fulham, QPR, Stoke, and he took charge of Southampton and helped them to secure survival in the Premier League in May 2018. It was Mark Hughes. Well done. So that's Thank three you. points. Well done. Three points. Nice one. Okay, you yeah, had some tough questions there, Mark. You did. That was yeah. really, that was a really tough one, actually. Could have gone a lot worse, though. Oh, it could have done. All right, some easier questions for you. All right, so yeah, bearing in mind the news, would you rather wear a Pompey shirt every day for five years or sleep in a haunted house for ten? I'll take the haunted house. I'll just stick in the haunted house for twenty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had a feeling you were going to say that one, Mark. <laughs> Okay, would you rather be twice the height of Peter Crouch or half the height of Lionel Messi? I would rather be half the height of Lionel Messi. Would you? you can sneak, yeah, you can sneak in everywhere. Yeah, it would be quite sneaky, yeah. Oh, yeah? Okay. You could, um, you know, put yourself in the hand luggage and travel free on planes and trains. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Great. <laughs> Great. Excellent. Um, I've got another question for you, Matt. Um, 
where are you going to be watching the uh, Pompey match? Is there a Portsmouth, Massachusetts you go to? There's, to a, wind port- there's a Portsmouth, <laughs> New Hampshire. Ah, okay. Is there? Yeah. Oh. There is, yeah. Ironically, it's quite nice. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a strange thing at Massachusetts and all of New England. If it's got an English name, it's got the opposite reputation of what it's got in England. So, so for uh, example, two of the roughest places around here are known as Dorchester and Chelsea. <laughs> oh wow! The nicest place, one of the nicest places in Massachusetts, is called Weston. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like I'm just confused. That's weird. I, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna look that up now. What's Bootle, New Jersey, like? <laughs> Probably lovely. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, mate, thank you so much for coming on um, short notice as well. And I know you have to get up really early to do this also, and it's you know it's Labour Day tomorrow, so yeah. No, thank, no, I can, I can sleep much. in tomorrow. Yeah, can, but yeah, thank you. It's it, yeah, really, really appreciate it. And your fourth appearance, so yeah, fourth appearance, yeah, almost a regular. Yeah, could say that. I just realised um, also on the what we were saying earlier about um, Korea going on loan. Mm. Um, do you know who he's rejoined with? Yeah, uh, Le- Leganes. Yep, who's their manager? Pellegrino, yeah. Pellegrino. Uh, so obviously a big fan. I don't know why. Me <laughs> neither. I think it's, it's one of the, the sneakiest um, signings that, y- y- you know, if I go to Southampton and I sign uh, Guido for ridiculous fee, uh, we can get him back very cheap and, <laughs> and win the <laughs> plan all along, just like fucking Harry Bednar. So. <laughs> Pretty much. Okay, yeah, it's been good being on, so thanks, guys. Yeah. yeah. Thanks again, Great Mark. To hear from it you, is always, always good to hear from you. Thank you so much. I have to have you back at, uh, at sometime soon. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm back home at Christmas, so I hope I'll see you guys then. We'll have to oh, shit, yeah, yeah, yeah. Meet up, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I'm going to have an absolute beast of a party um, around Christmas. We will, we will. Cool. All right, thanks, Mark. Speak to you soon. Thanks. See you soon, guys. All right. Bye-bye. Hey, joining us now, we have special guest Ben Meekin from Bladespod to help us prepare for the trip to Sheffield United straight after the international break. Welcome, Ben. Thank you very much for coming on to our little podcast. Really, really privileged to have you on board. Oh, no, it's a pleasure. Thanks for, uh, thanks for asking me on. No, no problem. Um, firstly, how are you? Very good, thank you. Yeah, great. Uh, I, I guess a great result for both our teams yesterday. So, yeah, it's, uh, I think we're going into the international break in, uh, on a bit of a high. It's been a good start to the season for us. And, um, yeah, not, not a result I expected yesterday at all. So, yeah, very good. Excellent. Um, so tell us about, about your show. Yeah, sure. So, um, about, uh, I think probably about two and a half years ago, um, I realised that uh, there wasn't really a Sheffield United podcast, um, and I thought I would definitely listen to one, because uh, I like podcasts generally, I listen to a lot of sports ones. Uh, United had just got promoted to the championship at the time, so we, you know, we're at the start of, uh, of, of what has been a great journey over the last few years, but you know, there was a bit of a, uh, I would say, a good vibe around the club for the first time in probably six, seven, maybe longer years, to be honest. Um, so I thought, I'll give it a go. I'd never done podcasting before. I had a a little bit of spare time, uh, recorded a quick episode, just kind of my thoughts on the last game, 
chucked it online, a couple hundred people listened to it, got some good feedback, wow. I thought, yeah, well, I mean, I posted it on, you know, United fan forums and stuff like that, so, yeah, I got some nice feedback th- from it, so I thought, I'll uh, I'll carry on doing that, and, um, yeah, two and a half years on, it's uh, it's, it's become a, a regular thing, uh, I'm, I'm kind of constantly surprised how many people listen to it and interact with me on Twitter, but, um, yeah, I, I really enjoy doing it, it's, as I say, something to... Uh, to do in my spare time, but I think it has, my goal with it was to um, kind of provide a counter to our, our local sort of radio phone-ins, if you like, which are understandably very knee-jerk, you know, after yeah. the game, you're either the greatest team in the world or the worst team in the world, that kind of thing, so mm-hmm. I, I wanted to try and do something that um, stood as a bit of a counter to that, to be a bit more kind of uh, balanced and well thought out, analytical, I guess, you know, kind of kind of in contrast to, I guess, how we are when we're actually at the game, you know, take a couple yep. of days to think about it and then come back with some sort of, uh, well, what I like to think of as um, well-reasoned thoughts. So, yeah, that, that's the kind of angle I take. And, um, yeah, people people seem to like it and I enjoy doing it. So, yeah, what do you think of your transfer window activity? Are you satisfied with the players you've brought in and the players that have gone out? Yeah, to be honest, I, I don't think it could have gone much better. Um Everything that I wanted us to do, wanted us to do, we did. I mean, one of the major kind of uh, question marks about the squad was its age. I think getting promoted. Um, a lot of key players in their in their early thirties or about to turn thirty. Um, and yeah, we basically went out and uh, cherry picked a lot of the best attacking talent in the championship. So Luke Freeman, Ollie McBurney, Callum Robinson, who scored and created one yesterday. Yeah. Um, that kind of thing was was like just just amazing to me. I was like, oh, this is, you know, I have realistic expectations of how much we're going to spend, I guess, and what kind of market we're shopping in. Um, we, it, to some extent, our, um, I guess, our scouting network is still that of a League One club. This is why we, you know, generally focus on buying players uh, who were already, you know, a known quantity in the English leagues because we just don't have the scouting set up yet to go and, you know, kind of do what, I guess, what Norwich do, what what Brentford certainly do in, in the Championship and go and basically pick off these unknowns from, you know, from European leagues. So knowing that limitation to go and get those players was great. And then we also added a lot of players who gave us something a bit different in terms of the kind of players who can just create a chance out of nothing. I saw that yesterday very much with Callum Robinson, mm. but... Lisa Mousset from uh, from Bournemouth as well, you know, adds a lot of pace and dynamism that we didn't have. Ravel Morrison is this kind of, you know, a, a bit of a wild card player, yes, I guess, oh, yes, in every yeah. respect. But you know, from what we've seen so far in in you know like preseason and a couple of appearances, he he is a skillful player that can do something out of nothing. So yeah, I think it was uh, it was basically perfect. We we held the the core of the team together that we wanted to do. We got Dean Henderson back on loan from Man U, which is great because. Um, you know, he was obviously our goalkeeper last season as well. A uh, big part of um, of the 21 clean sheets that we kept. But also, you know, it means he obviously he knows the, the setup. He knows the defenders in front of him. So, yeah, it was uh, it was pretty much perfect, I think, from uh, you know being realistic as to what we could have expected. And you and you got um, Jackie Elka back at your. We did get Jagielka back, yeah. I, you know, I always forget Jagielka when I'm doing my... Um, when people ask me, like, what did you think of the transfer? And I'm like, oh, we signed all these young players. That was the other thing, yeah. Basically, everyone we signed was, like, 23, 25, 27, that kind of age. Um, and then people are like, oh, yeah, you, you do realise you signed Jagielka as well. He's 37 in a few weeks. But I forgot. He was actually my favourite player um, when I was, like, 15, 16, 17. 
Um, so to see him kind of go from a youth player to Premier League player to England international at World Cups and stuff was very nice. And then, yeah, he's, he's come back. He's only had, um, I think he's only played one league game so far, come off the bench. That's right, yeah, I've not seen him, not seen him come yeah, up. Yeah, he'll yeah. just be a squad player for us, but um, it's, it's a nice one, I think. A nice sentimental one, but I think he will add a bit of, you know, experience, if you like, as well. A bit of, uh, yeah, a bit of behind the scenes stuff is probably yeah. his main value. Um, was there any any major departures? Not really, to be honest. Um, because we've progressed quite quickly, um, we've actually had a bit of difficulty sort of offloading some players who've been oh, with us. Oh, we know that. Well. We know that feeling. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it's not. Uh, you know, none of them are sort of problem players. It's just the club has moved too fast for them, and you know, so we're, 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 there's been a few like. Uh, Mutual consent termination of contracts in the last couple of weeks. I think the main one, to be honest, which which was a bit of a shock, but also um, kind of speaks to how Wilder manages this squad. I suppose um, was Mark Duffy, who is probably not a hugely well-known name, but was in, integral to us getting promoted last season. Now, Duffy is thirty-three, I think, or about to turn thirty-three. Um, is an attacking midfielder, fan, one of the most talented players I've seen play for us in a probably the whole time I've been watching, to be honest. On the eve of the season, he requested a new contract and uh, was subsequently bombed out of the club. We, um, yeah, we basically uh, we sent him on loan to Stoke. Uh, he, wanted a, he wanted a longer contract. He didn't get that, and now he no longer gets to play in the Premier League. The only thing is, it was, it was a bit of a blow, I think, emotionally, because... All the his his is a great story. You know, he's worked his way up from the non-leagues, and he's a Liverpool fan. And he was, you know, all the thing after we got promoted was like Mark Duffy is going to get to go and play at Anfield in front of all his mates, and you know that was all being talked up and stuff. And then it's like, oh, oh no. Duffy, what did you do, mate? So that was that was the only one. But to be honest, at his age, we we were all thinking, well, he's he's not going to play much anyway. Luke Freeman is the the one that's kind of yeah. looked looked to be his replacement when he signed. So he's probably only going to be a cameo kind of player. But yeah, the way the way it ended is, is not been. Not great, I don't think, in terms of like we didn't really want that for him. He was a you know big player for us and a, a fan favourite as well. But no, no real like um, like hammer blow departures. I don't think that have like weakened us in any stretch. Um, so what are you expecting from this season then? Actually, yeah, you know, I um I listened to your you know, your uh, season preview that you had. Mm. Um, so I I know how what you what you predicted Sheffield United to finish, but we, you know we kind of asked it anyway. And it was interesting to hear what you had to say about Southampton. You had a guest on, and you did this thing where you were, uh, you were predicting your three clubs that were going to go down, you know, the three, three or four at the top. And then you did a couple of clubs that were going to be in trouble. And the person mm. you had on said that Saint, uh, Southampton were going to be in trouble, and you said, uh, no, I think they'll be fine. So, yeah, thank you for that. Uh, I'm glad you reminded me. I can't remember what I said. Yeah, no, you said they were going <laughs> no, to Saints be fine. You said they've got a decent young manager there. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, thank you for that. But yeah, as Kev said, um, expectations for the season? I think we'll stay up, honestly. Um, we have a fantastic manager. Uh, we have a, a unique and very effective way of playing. Uh, we have very talented players. I love what we did in the, in the summer. We'll be aggressive in trying to win games. I think that's such a big... If you listen to it, I'll probably, I'll probably bang that point quite hard, to be honest. But yeah. I do think it's a big deal. We will try and win games. I know we've only won one out of our four, but... You know, some of the, some of those fixtures are quite difficult, but yeah, yeah we're, we're not that we're not a team that's going to go and try and get a nil nil away at uh, well, even away at Stamford Bridge. To be honest, we will try and score goals and win. And you know, if you win what eleven, twelve games, you probably stay up. So yeah, yeah I, I think we'll. Um, 
I think we'll be fine. I have not seen anything in the first four rounds of games that has changed my mind on that. Not not just from United, but uh, the rest of the league as well. I'm, I think City and Liverpool are in a, a completely different stratosphere, but I genuinely think we can get points off every other team. And, and yes, you've scored against uh, every team you've played so far. We have indeed, yeah. Um, and, and to be honest, I don't think we've played that well yet, um, which is, is slightly frightening in a way. We've certainly not played a full 90 minutes of what I would say is up to our like normal levels. I mean, we were awful in the first half against Chelsea, and we were pretty bad against Leicester in the first half as well. Like not, you know, we just weren't weren't passing the ball the way that I know we can, and we, you know, the manager kind of called it out. You know, we were not, we were quite timid in both halves, I think. So. Yeah, when we eventually kind of figure out that we don't need to show so much respect to all these teams um, and, and, you know, play a full night instead of just the second half, I think we'll do probably even better than we are at the minute. Yeah, and it's like we're talking about form. Um, Bournemouth away, opening, um, Mm 1-1. Billy Sharp, it's good to see Billy Sharp back in the Premier League as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Local uh, hero. Yeah. (laughs) And it's Um, Premier League goal for him. Yeah. Um, And then the 1-0 win against Palace. Uh, Lost home to Leicester. But again, still scored yesterday. Yeah, amazing. Two 0 down at Stamford Bridge, and to fight back like that, a brilliant point. And that um, save that, uh, from Henderson at the end, or towards the end, that was amazing. Mm. Save. Um, that was but great. yeah, and I think I, I am sorry. I, I think I did pr- predict um, United to go down. That's all right. Most people have. Yeah, but then it's like listening to your podcast, I understand. Like people are just looking on the outside, saying, "Well, they've just come up from the." Um, from the Championship, they haven't been in the Premier League since, what, 2007, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, they haven't spent a lot of money, they're not going to score enough goals. And I buy into all that, I listen to all these, you know, these pundits that get paid to, to, you know, to talk about this. But without actually, like, doing a deep dive into the club, you don't actually understand how they play. And I, I'm, I know nothing about Chris Wilder. So, yeah, if you can give us any information on him, that would be brilliant. Yeah, sure. Well, he's, uh, he's won promotion from, from every division, down to League Two. Uh, he's basically been a success in everything that he's done as a manager. Um, you know, took over at, uh, at Northampton when they were basically on their knees as a club. Um, managed, you know, they, were, they had no money to pay players and all this kind of stuff. I don't think they had a training ground. Turned them round, uh, got them promoted. Uh, he was at Oxford as well, I believe, for a spell. Um, if, if you're not aware, he is a Sheffield United fan. I'm sure you're aware of this. He's a Sheffield United fan. Uh, he used to be a ball boy here, played for us as well, um, obviously a, a local lad. Uh, took over when we were in a, a terrible spot, to be honest. We just had, our, I think, our worst league finish for about 30 years, something like that. We finished 11th in League One. Uh, six, that was our sixth season at that level. It looked like we were going backwards, to be honest. We were further away from promotion than I think we'd been at any stage during that spell. He came in, uh, he actually had a terrible start, we were bottom of the league after, I think it was three or four games, um, and then we finally won one, and then we ended up with 100 points that season, and yeah, wow. every, everything has been, uh, I guess, revitalised, revolutionised, I mean, we're playing, um, revolutionised, is that word? You know what I mean. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're playing the best football uh, that I've ever seen in 25 years of watching us, There's, you know, that team spirit thing is, is kind of used as a bit of a... Bit of a backhanded compliment thing, uh, I think, but is you know is very evident. All the players know what they're supposed to be doing. You know they they show pride to play for us, which is just what you want as a fan. Obviously, Sharp is the same. He's a Sheffield United fan, ex ex ball boy as well. So yeah, Wilder's just um, Wilder's just changed everything about the club, top to bottom. I mean, it's it's 
it's been unreal. I've I've never seen a manager do this for us. Um, and yeah, I, I hope he will be our manager for a, a very, very long time, which I I think he will do, to be honest. Unless you know, uh, it, it, unfortunately, is like a you know gruff Yorkshireness is probably <laughs> the same reason Sean Dyche is still the uh, uh, yeah. still the Burnley manager and not you know hasn't had a chance at someone like Arsenal or something like that. So yeah, I, I think he'll uh, I think he'll be a manager for quite a long time and. Uh, yeah, I, I, nothing but total admiration for what he's done for us. I mean, his his honesty, I think, is you know he he it's not the kind of he's not a Warnock manager who will just like blame the referee after everything. If he thinks he thinks the players have been bad, he just say it. Yeah, um, I mean, last week we lost to Leicester, um, and you know the players players played hard. I think you know tried hard, and so they got a standing ovation at the end of the game, even though we lost. And that was kind of put to him after the game, uh, and he was like, "Well, effort is like the minimal like, minimum I expect. You know, mm-hmm. I don't think players should be rewarded just for trying hard. I need them to play well, and if they're not if they're not going to play well and they're not going to play hard, then they won't be in the team. And you know, that seemed to shock a lot of people. They were like, "Oh my God, he's he's having a go <laughs> at the fans." Well, all the United fans were like, "No, no, no, he does this like three or four times a season. Like, if the players slip slip below the standard he wants, he will absolutely." call them out on it rather than being like oh the you know we were lucky today yeah. it was all the rest fault that kind yeah. of thing so yeah he's uh he's a i think a, a great bloke you know gets the club obviously and just a just a, a bit of a, a motivational and i think tactical genius as well i mentioned the sort of unique way that we play with our, our centre-backs getting forward in this kind of very you know controlled players rotating into different positions and creating overloads and stuff i mean you know, a lot of very respected coaches have looked at that and gone, I, we don't know how he's doing this, and I tried to do it at my own club, and I can't. Marcelo Bielsa, the Leeds manager, said, you know, I wanted to do this with Leeds, but I wasn't able to, and I think it's one of the most interesting things that's happening in tactics at the moment. So, yeah, it's uh, it's been a dream, and it's, uh, it's, it's all thanks to him and uh, assistant manager Alan Nil, who uh, does a lot of the tactical work behind the scenes as well. Excellent. I love hearing stories like that, like managers mm. taking a club that look like they're going backwards and then bringing them up to the top tier. That's amazing, yeah. good stuff. Something that we know too well. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so we got a fortnight until we play on the 14th of September. But, um, yeah, what kind of game uh, can we expect from you? So, as I said, I don't think we've played all that well yet, and I think that will... I, I hope this will be the game that we do, um, and we'll be a bit more attacking. We moved... Um, so, the last season we predominantly played with uh, with a number 10 behind two strikers. This year we've been playing more of a, a flat three in midfield, and sort of, uh, yeah, I guess relying on midfield runners rather than having a player who is playing behind the strikers. But I, I wonder if we might go back to having a number 10 in this game. Um, in terms of how we play, we will try and... We basically play very, very high. We try and control possession, get a lot of men forward. You know, the wing backs pretty much play as like wide forwards a lot of the time. Uh, the centre backs get forward as well, as I said, when when we have possession. So, yeah, we we play this kind of front foot style where we try and get players forward on the ball, uh, get down the sides of teams, get crosses into the box that way. Uh, try and create high quality chances, basically. Um, everyone always says, "Oh, well, you, you know, if you've got all your centre backs forward, you're just going to get killed on a counter attack." But we we don't because our other players are smart enough to know where one guy goes, like our central midfielder drops into that space instead. So we very rarely get caught on the counter. Um, and the flip side is we uh, because we're playing so high. If we lose the ball, we can win it back quite high up the pitch as well. So yeah, I think I think it will be a, a high intensity game from us. Um, I hope we will be. 
slightly more... I, th- I hope we'll show the attacking intent that we showed in the second half against Leicester and Chelsea for the whole game. And, uh, yeah, hopefully that'll stand us in good stead, I think. I think they, I mean, Saints play a similar sort of style, except for the we don't push our centre-backs forward. That would be a disaster, wouldn't you, Kev? Because our, our centre-backs are very much stay at home. But yeah, <laughs> well, I, I, oh, we saw Vestergaard getting quite high yesterday. Oh, um, I think that was, on, you know, you get, you get one nil down at home to United, I think, yeah. But um, usually, uh, they're not very mobile, so... But our wing, our wing backs definitely like to get forward, and we definitely play on the front foot. We, you know, high pressing style that Hasenhurt was adapted for us now. Mm. Um, so yeah, that I mean that could probably cancel each other out. But I don't know. Um, but I mean, as a fan, do you like look at Saints and see this as a, as, a, as three points that you need to be taking? Um, not anymore, I don't think. Um, I think if we've not got, uh, I, I think say we'd only got two or three points from our first four games, I think yeah, we would be looking at this as like we do actually need to win this game. But um, yeah, I don't know, not really. I don't think it's a disaster if we don't win it. To be honest, I, I hope we'll get at least a point out of it, and I think that's that's fair. I'm sure you would probably think the same and certainly if you're at home mm. um but yeah I think I didn't have uh, as you said I didn't have you in my uh teams in trouble list right, but yeah. but I think also just um yeah I think we'll be good at home this season so this is probably one we should target as like we can get something out of this one for sure okay okay um is there any particular player that we should be worried about from your side um it's, I mean, I think probably probably Ender Stevens is one I'd, I'd pick out. Like he's had a really good start to the season, so he's a, a left wing back. Um, he created one of the goals yesterday. He's just it, he's just a very very good footballer. Um, good defender, likes to drive with the ball. He's got quite a lot of skill as well. Uh, good crosser. He's, he's he gets into the box more now from an attacking perspective as well. I mean. We had a goal um, against Palace where basically our whole team, it was just a classic United Wilder goal. We had a, the move started with our centre forward on halfway line, um, our wing back up front and uh, our left centre back on the left wing and ended up in a goal as it just got uh, interchanged through all three of them. And uh, So yeah, you'll see, you'll see Stevens getting forward um, a lot, I think. He's probably the one I'd pick out. I mean, the, the strength is pretty much the system, I think. You know, everybody... Everybody's very comfortable on the ball. Um, everybody knows where they're supposed to be when one player rotates into an unfamiliar position. Um, but yeah, if I was if I was picking just a, a single standout, it would be Ender Stevens. Well, yeah, and we do seem to have a little bit of a hole there now with um, with our injuries um, on the right wing. So you might get a bit of a free run. Well, that was kind of what we thought. Uh, <laughs> that was kind of what we thought against Chelsea. Um, I had a a very knowledgeable Chelsea fan um, on the pod last week, and they were like. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty worried about your left wing against our right side because Aspilicueta is not having a great season. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tamori was going to play uh, right centre back, and that's basically how it proved both yeah. of the goals and uh, quite a few of our chances came from from that area as well. Um, is there anyone that Sheffield United should be worried about? Uh, I guess Che Adams. How's, how's he getting on? Not not very um, good. Practice. No, <laughs> I, yeah, we were discussing this before because we were doing our um, Man United game chat and. Yeah, he's just does, he doesn't look very comfortable yet. I know he's young, and I know you know he's making a big step, but he doesn't seem to be, you know, the, the qualities that we we wanted in him, his strength, his goal scoring ability, he's not showed any of that yet. So mm. there is a bit of a worry, but again, you know, he's young, and you know he he just needs a bit more time, but he needs that goal. So yeah, I think he'll come good. I like obviously he uh, he played for us as well uh, way back when. Um, yeah, yeah. Made his league debut for us. Uh, yeah, I, I like him a lot. Um, 
he was a player I, I kind of hoped that we would sign this summer, to be honest. Um, and I think, what was it, 15 million or something yeah, like that? That's, 15 that's, million, yeah. That's pretty good value, I think, to be I honest. I think so. That, I do think yeah. so, yeah. I mean, when you look at how much players cost, generally. Now, yeah, um, exactly. A young, free-scoring centre-forward. Yeah. yeah. The other one, uh, I, I really like Redmond, you know. He's, he's not injured, is he? Yes, he's out for three weeks. Are you joking? That's, yeah. Well, that's great for us, I'm afraid. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> why is he not in England squads? I've been saying we, this for like two years. Do you know, um, it's, it always seems to happen. Whoever's in charge of England, they don't seem to pick Southampton players. It doesn't work. I mean, they... they they do get a pick and then they get put on the bench they come on for five minutes that is it that's their lot I mean yeah. you can look back as far as Matt Lassizier like why was he not in huh. the England squad oh yeah, that was a classic one exactly. he's only 25 as well I'm just looking now yeah, like, yeah. this is ridiculous he, um, he should be an international squad James Will Prowse as well last season got into the team but hardly had a, had a oh, yeah. you know Fabian Dalph got in over him and we, you know, we're very bitter about it. It's just that there doesn't mm-hmm. seem to be a lot of um, Saints players in this England team. He's but still eligible for Ireland, by the way. Um, um, Redmond, so yeah, he, he is, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so he might get his own back and say, screw you. Yeah. Uh, he could join our Irish band of brothers. I think we've got four Ireland internationals at the moment. We've got two, so. haven't we? Nice. Uh, yeah. um, I've got a third one as well, isn't there? Long enough, Femi. I don't know if there's a youth, is there a youth one. Yeah. Oh my god, that, 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 that escapes me then, I don't know that. <laughs> um, O'Connor, is that right? That sounds very Irish. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we go with that. <laughs> yeah, Tommy O'Connor, that's right. Okay. <laughs> chilling him online to the first this season. Oh. And Will Smallbone as well. Oh, of course, yes, Will Smallbone, yeah. Nice one. Oh yeah, sorry, but yeah, I, um, a bit of an obsession on this podcast with uh, fan chants. What's your favourite um, Sheffield United chant that we could hear on the stands? Well, I mean, the the obvious one is obviously the uh, the greasy chip butty chant, which <laughs> I'm sure most fans will be all too aware of by now. Um, I, I will shout out with sometimes Tony knows up when like every club sings the same song, um, but we we have our own version of uh, LA LA which came in end of last season uh, and has a nice story to it. Um, so John Egan, one of our Irish central defenders. Liverpool fan, um, at the end of season awards, uh, he basically got up on stage with Mike Byrne and was like, uh, <laughs> I, I said to my wife months ago, we're going to get promoted to the Premier League, and when we do, uh, I've, I've written this song and this is what we're going to sing. And he basically written like a full verse version of that that just sort of oh, perfectly, <laughs> perfectly encapsulated the season. You know, it was about like centre backs overlapping down the wings, and you know things that things that we'd sort of had happened during the season, being written off as journeymen, and and all this, and uh, yeah, it, it just uh, it's, it obviously caught on, you know, writ- written by him, became a bit of a, a YouTube a YouTube sensation. <laughs> I, I need to hear this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, it's, it's on our United's YouTube channel, so just search John Egan on there. I'm sure you'll find it, and it's uh, yeah, it's great. It's it's stuck. It's like. Uh, you know, it's written by one of our players. It became a massive fan favourite thing, and yeah, I'm sure you'll, I'm sure you'll hear that ringing out. It's obviously not the most original tune because every every club seems to sing this at the moment. But yeah, the word the words are particularly meaningful, I think. Yeah, and the story it's behind it is brilliant. Story, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, right, predictions for the game. Score predictions. I'll start with you, Ben. Uh, I will predict a win for United. I think. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really encouraged by how we've played in terms of like I think we could be better, but we've still been good. We we don't give away many chances at all. I mean, we gifted Chelsea two goals yesterday, but it's like that's so uncharacteristic for us. We're defensively very very good. Teams 
teams generally don't get many chances against us at all. Yeah, I think one of the goals was a bit of a collision with the two centre backs, wasn't it? Yeah, mm. it was. I don't think we conceded many more goals worse than that last season. So to do do that twice in one game is is pretty weak. But well, we do it every week. So <laughs> <laughs> generally, we've been great. Um, and yeah, it looks like things are kind of coming together with uh, with Robinson and McBurney. Now, I mean, this is a thing I didn't mention with our signings. They've, they've not really played that much yet. We've been kind of integrating them slowly. I think there's only I think there's only Robinson that's played in every game of our new signings. It was McBurney's first. You know, twenty million for McBurney. That was his first start yesterday. Ten million for. Moose that was his first appearance off the bench. So mm. I think things are starting to, you know, those new players are kind of getting integrated. Um, they're all attacking players, as I said. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm confident that we'll uh, we'll get a couple of goals, I think. So I'm, I'm pretty comfortable in predicting a victory. OK. If, if that doesn't sound arrogant, I hope it does No, no, that's fine. That's oh. fine. <laughs> um, Kevin? Um, as for me, yeah, I mean, I don't see us keeping a clean sheet, uh, first of all. I think it's going to be a very open... Uh, a free game with with a lot of goals, I think. Um, so I'm, uh, I think a two-two draw. Really? Yeah. Oh, draw. Okay. Um, I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to go for a two-one Saints win. Uh, so we've got the full spectrum here. Exactly. I'm <laughs> all based down anyway. Yeah. I think you say yesterday we played. You know, second half against Man United, we were brilliant. Um, we have patches where we're brilliant, and I do think, you know, if we keep playing the way we are, and if I mean, if Ings and Adams start firing, I think we'll be fine. And I can see, I know, I, I don't predict Saints winning away from home very often, but yeah, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna stay two one on this one, two one Saints. Fair enough. Sorry. That's <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> You're forgiven. Okay. Okay, so we've got a couple of questions, or three questions for you for, for the end. Right, okay, so if you could pick one Saints player to have in your current Sheffield United side, who would you take? Mm-hmm. I think it, I mean, I think it would definitely be, uh, be Redmond, for sure. Yeah. I, just, uh, I just really, really like him. Every time I see him play, I think, like, just a great attacking player, someone that, you know, can beat a man, create something out of nothing. Um, yeah, I think, he'd, uh, I think he'd fit right in with us. You can have him on loan for the next two weeks. <laughs> so are we paying all his wages? Or? Yeah, you pay all his wages for two weeks okay. and he can come back when he's fully fit and we'll have him back, but yeah. I'll consider it. I guess if that was reversed, Kev, who would you who would you take from Sheffield United? Um, can we take Billy Sharp? Yeah. Just for old time's sake. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to take Billy Sharp back, but there's a couple of good players. I mean, Nunstrom looks like a good player. Um, mm. Ollie McBurney looks quite handy. Oliver Norwood. Uh, Where's Oliver Norwood? Has he been playing? Yeah, he's played every game. He's been. Yeah. Uh, I'd say he's been generally very good in most games. I think he was. He was poor against Leicester, but then so was everyone. Um, but yeah, he's, uh, he's he's a great passer. One of the best passers I've seen as I've for a very long time as well. So yeah, he's good. It's funny you say John Lundstrom. Um, no, no United fan wanted him to start the season um, at all because we. He, I mean, he barely played for us in the championship. We. We've generally thought of him as like a average championship player that you know did, didn't feature for as much at all. And yeah, the, if you'd gone back in time uh, six weeks ago, I guess, and, and told United fans, "Hey, John Lundstrom starting in midfield for the first four games," people would have lost their <laughs> minds. Um, but no, he's, he's played well. He has done well. Um, I'm impressed with him. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've seen, yeah, I think he's done yeah, well. He's done far better than he did at any point in the championship. So. 
So, yeah, he's still pretty young. He's only 25, I think. So he's, yeah. he's, he's had a, a great preseason. He's got an established role in the team now uh, in terms of what's being asked for him. And, uh, yeah, he's done well for himself. Um, but, I mean, we don't really need any midfielders or strikers. Well, <laughs> we could always use another striker. But um, our weakest position is, is centre-back. We're starting to pick up, but yeah, we're looking more and more solid week, uh, yeah. each week now. Um, but could you could recommend a strong mobile centre back that you have? I mean, so I don't, we could I don't do with a full back at the moment. Actually, we could do, but yeah, anyone in the, in the defence that that would do well for us. <laughs> Jack O'Connell, uh, I think he'll play for England in the next uh, twelve months. I really do. I said that at the end of last season. He's pretty young. He's left footed. He's the guy that you will find bombing down the left wing, getting into the box, getting crosses in. But he's also, he made a big mistake yesterday, but that's why it was so uncharacteristic. Mm. He's also a fantastic defender. He is a proper get his body in the way, make a last-ditch tackle, you know, throw himself in front of a, a shot yeah, to block proper, it, head it clear. Proper centre-half then, yeah. Proper centre-half who you will also find uh, dribbling forward on the left wing and, and getting crosses in. So uh, I think he will, if we if we don't stay in the Premier League, he definitely will. I'm, I'm 100% confident of that. And I, I also think, um, especially being left forward, he will play for England in the next 12 months or so. Cool, we're taking Ooh. it. <laughs> <laughs> Watch out. OK, um, we asked the same questions to all of our guests. OK, so you've got a choice. Would you rather wear a Sheffield Wednesday shirt every day for five years or sleep in a haunted house for ten? I mean, you didn't even need to give me a second option. <laughs> whatever, whatever the second option oh. is, I, I wouldn't wear it for a day. Cut off your meat and two bed. <laughs> <laughs> no uh, maybe that's a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's definitely the haunted house. Uh, yeah, and, I, and I'm not a big horror movie person either, so that is that would be quite satisfying. <laughs> yeah. Okay, would you rather be twice the height of Peter Crouch or half the height of Lionel Messi? Hmm. Do you know? I, I probably I'm quite a tall guy anyway, so I've I've lived the life of a tall man. So let, let's let's go with the uh, let's go with being able to you know fit through doorways and buy buy shoes in my size in shops. Okay. So uh, yeah, let's go half the size of Messi. Oh wow. Walk under right. turnstiles. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> oh, bang my knee on the on the uh, seats in front when we score. It'd be lovely. <laughs> right, uh, Kevin. Is there anything else you want to ask, Ben? Um, I think that's just about it. I just want to say that um, yeah, it's great to have you on, and that, um, I think Sheffield United and Saints are kind of kindred spirits. You know, we both play in red and white. Mm. Uh, both got Billy Sharp as a cult hero, coming from League mm-hmm. One. Up through the ranks and um, now giant style as well. well. Yeah. 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 So yeah, I'll, I'll be definitely uh, cheering for Sheffield United. I uh, hope have a good season. Hope you stay up at least. Yeah, thank you. And as I say, I'm, I'm pretty confident that you'll be uh, comfortably mid-table as well. But yeah, I uh, I've, I've liked watching. So well, now that Mark Hughes is no longer your manager anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everything yeah, around that was uh, was always good to watch. So I'm glad you've rid yourself of that particular one. Brilliant. Man. <laughs> Thank you, yeah, thank you so much for coming on um, and for educating us on Sheffield United. You know, there's a lot <laughs> I didn't know, so... Um, yeah. yeah. And best of luck in the Premier League this season. It is, it is good having you back. Um, and I do, I honestly do mean this, I hope they stay up. I have the fond memories of, she- of um, well, both Sheffield clubs being in the Premier League. I, I remember growing up with both of them in there and I remember Brian Dean tearing up the league oh, yes. a long, long time ago. But yeah, so fond memories of them. So yeah, I really do hope you can stay up and, you know, best of luck to you. Cheers, and uh, yeah, thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure talking to you.
Brilliant. Thanks very much. Cheers, mate. Up Cheers. the Saints. Up the Saints. <laughs> <laughs> okay, welcome back to the Extra Time segment. Firstly, I want to look at the Super 6 from this week. So the weekly winner was Jay Phillips with an amazing 19 points. Getting some really good scores this season. It's just a shame it's not from me. Um, but it leaves the overall leader, Luke Kitterman, still with 43 points. So that's going good. Um, fantasy Football, Kev. Weekly winner? So yeah, in Fantasy Football, obviously we're in the middle of the game week. But still, we've got some very strong scores this week. Um, Duffortivo and Handlebar that's uh, Southampton FC podcast very own John Bailey he's still top with 265 yeah, he got 70 this week wow. uh, but uh, it does look like so far the weekly winners uh, Stephen McCullough in Ralph We Trust 79 points this week I saw that yeah I, um, how did you do this week? not bad at all I had Aguero's captain so I've got 66 uh, so far, and I've got half my team left to play. So I've got a few right. Everton, Wolves, uh, Spurs players in there. I've got a Wolves and a Spurs player. But I had, I also had Aguero as my triple captain this week. Ooh, that would explain your high score. Oh, you cheeky sod. I always have a high <laughs> score. But All yeah, right. it wasn't too bad. I used my triple captain this week because I thought, you know, Brighton at home. Aguero. It was either going to be Aguero or Sterling, but I went Aguero, Aguero and yeah. So he's done alright for me. I've still got I've got Lamella to play, and I've got uh, Willie Bolly again to play. Mm. But I had a few injuries. I've got, so I've got uh, Jenna Poe and, and Redmond that I had to take out, and Trossard might have to be transferred because he's not doing the business for me. Yeah, so I've still got Matt Target lingering there. I think my uh, slow dealings on the transfer market have um, really stuck a dent in my score this season. But I've mean, still got a long time to yeah, go. You're doing well. You're doing well. And another thing that you're doing well on is our predictions. Um, oh. Yeah. So we both had a Saints win over Fulham. We didn't get it spot on, but we got two points each. So that made it 7-4 to you. Um, and in the Man United game, I predicted, stupidly predicted Saints to win 2-1. You said 1-1, so you were spot on again, Kev. Well done. Um, you're stuffing me. You're 12-4 up. Oh, okay. Again, still those days. But season. Good start. Yeah, nice little, nice little handicap for me there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and we've got the goal and player of the month for the first time this season. Oh, yes. Okay, so um, it, well, we had five goals to choose from in goal of the month. Uh, and we, yep, so we narrowed them down to four. Gineppo uh, Scorcher against Brighton. Uh, Redmond's tap in, in the same game. Uh, Oberfemi's goal against Fulham and Vestergaard's header at Man United still fresh in the memory so it's uh, it uh, quite a few votes uh, for, uh, but overwhelmingly I'm sure you can all guess that uh, Gineppo's screamer uh, has run away with it this time I think we might have a record on our hands really? 93% yeah I think it doesn't help that the rest of them were just like close range tap-ins and we didn't actually put the Danny Ings goal in there because we just thought that was a comedy one but but yeah, um, it was an overwhelming one. I mean, I voted for it as well. I'm sure you did as well, Kevin. Yeah, absolutely. But I think, yeah, maybe 7% of people have got fat fingers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, best of God's goal, I think, just for the meaning of it, 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 it did, you know, gave us that, that draw. Um, whereas, yeah, Gineppo's goal against Brighton, I mean, you got the feeling that the goal was going to come anyway. And uh, it is fresh in the memory, so maybe you're lucky a few percent there. But blimey, I think that must must be... Uh, our strongest showing yet. As yeah. for player of the month, 
Um, yeah, our four candidates were Yannick Vestergaard, Oriol Romeu, Nathan Redmond, and Jan Bignarek. Um And yeah, quite rightly, Oriol Romeu with 44% of the vote is our player of the month. Excellent. This one. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with that one. Yeah. yeah. Right. Plat- Platinum trophy is in the post. Indeed. Um, where am I, Kev? Are you ready for it this week? In the kitchen? Yeah, very good. No, I'm not in the kitchen, but... Right, okay, are you ready? As I'll ever be. Right, location. Mm-hmm. Greater London. Ooh, that's my only clue. Mm. Late in Orient. No. Oh. Population, 28,000. Huh, okay, so this has got to be a team that's synonymous with, with the district itself. 28,000, that's not that many. Mm. Is it Charlton Athletic? No, I thought you were going to say that, but no, mm. it's not. Uh, stadium capacity, 12,300. Oh, okay. Um, Brentford. Well done. Spot on. Brilliant. Really? Yeah, Brentford. Oh, good. Good stuff. Uh, the next one was local rivals, Fulham, QPR, nicknamed the Bees. But what is the name of the stadium? Oh, oh shit. Um, is it the Aunt Bessie's Yorkshire Pudding Stadium? <laughs> Again, I love it. <laughs> no, it's Griffin Park. Griffin Park. Yeah, okay. Oh, yeah, that sounds Well good. done. Well done, Kev. <laughs> Another <laughs> solid show <laughs> in, in your friendship um, as well. Oh, I love it. I'm, I met a, met a Brentford fan um, just before the um, World Cup game here in Russia against Tunisia. Uh, I was so drunk and I, and I kept confusing him with Barnett. <laughs> <laughs> and he was just like, mate, that, that's not the team. So, oh, yeah, and Edgar Dabbins, he was your manager. Yeah, Edgar Dabbins was your manager. No, no, you got the wrong team, mate. <laughs> <laughs> nice. No, well done, Kev. Um, right, we have the return of the fan songs slash chants this week. Yes, um, chant challenge. Yeah, the chant challenge. That's it. It's been so long, I forgot what it was called. Um, so you laid the challenge down at the start of the season for a Musa Gineppo chant, um, and we both have them mm-hmm. this week. More or less, yeah. So I'm going to go first to get it out of the way, as I usually do. Just, I always like to think of it as the as the warm up to your brilliance. Okay. <laughs> Let's not start sucking each other's dicks quite yet. <laughs> okay, right. I'll go first anyway. Are you ready? Yep. Right. Bear with me. This is going to be awful. Some people might say our club is in a rut. I'm quite happy with who we bought. People might say that we should find some more, but we've been busy. Can't you see that something's happening off the pitch? Fuck off, Glazer and Abramovich. <laughs> and I'm so happy at who we've signed. For 14 mil, of course I don't mind. To buy a 20-year-old winger running up the line. And the fans will get what the fans all want. But I can't wait to see a thunder shot. We've got your nepo now. That's awesome. No, that was that was horrible. That was fucking incredible. Keeping up with Paul Weller. I know. I kind of like. I had when I was. I've got these lyrics written down over two pages, so I had to like scroll down in the middle of that song. So I. I think I've messed up a couple of the lyrics, but yeah, you got the idea. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, <laughs> oh God, I'm crying. <laughs> that, was, that was good. Do you know what? I think we've got, like, a, a lawsuit on our hands for this episode, I think. I mean, 
we've got we've had like ITN news on our case for, for using their uh, their chimes. Now I've pissed off Sir Paul McCartney and Paul Weller, so <laughs> I can only assume that they're not listening this week. Oh well, yeah, uh, <laughs> they're all after our podcast millions, obviously. <laughs> okay, right. Take wow, that's going to take some beating, I tell you. Um, okay, I might need a little bit of help from you. Um, oh, I hate it. With uh, um, just with the uh, just with a little bit of uh, backup scene, but uh, we have to say it's like um, do what Ginevra. That's it. Okay. <laughs> okay. You'll get it. You'll get it. All right. Oh yeah, I hear it. He's <laughs> a brand new lad, and we all know his name. People from Belgium sung again and again. Ginetta. He's young and he's fast, full of passion and skill. Mm-hmm. Ginetta. He's good over there, he'll be great over here. Mm-hmm. Ginetta. Ginetta plays on the left. Ginetta plays on the right. Ooh, Ginetta. We are Southampton and we're coming to town. Beep, beep. Beep, beep. Mm. Oh, okay. uh, yes. Uh, that was another well, little David Bowie. Yeah, look, <laughs> this is the season of the Bowie. But, uh, yeah. yeah, I wouldn't talk to you with the, the, the second chorus, but, um, yeah. You shouted when you're standing in the northern end. Oh, mate, you, you've gone above and beyond with that. Uh, yeah. And now we've got David Bowie on our case. Or oh, David Bowie. Well, I mean, yeah. from the grave. Yeah, I mean, his, uh, his estate, or whatever, whoever owns the rights to his songs now. Yeah, he's, uh, he's cross-turning in his grave, that one. <laughs> right, OK, that is it for this week. Um, next week, we're obviously on to the international break, so no games there, but we'll be back with the Sheffield United review. So, yeah, look forward to that. Have a nice week off, Kev. Oh, thanks. I need and it. And I'll speak to you soon. Yeah. Up the Saints. Up the Saints. Sports Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.